What's up, Brandy experts? I'm Rekhira Dibik Design, and welcome to On Branding Podcast. And my guest today is Farzad. And Farzad is, was the head of marketing at Visma. And during his time there, he managed to greatly increase their organic traffic, which ultimately led him to branching out and becoming the co-founder of Responsa. So Responsa is an all-in-one link building tool that helps you do the outreach and get those backlinks. Because as we all know, when it comes to SEO, that's the primary factor for you know increasing organic traffic from Google. So Farzad is an expert when it comes to SEO for and using SEO for brand awareness. And so he would love to share with us some tips on that today. Hello, Farzad. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you very much. So, so there are different ways in which we can bring awareness to our brand, right? And one of them being SEO. So when it comes to digital marketing, we can either create content for social media like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or we can focus on bringing traffic from Google, bringing this awareness from Google. And, that, and, and this comes down to basically pay-per-click or organic SEO. Correct. So I just wanted to you to give us some idea or talk about the benefits of why do you think SEO is the right way to go and is the right acquisition channel or how to you know find out if it's right for for our business. Sure. Yeah, that is a great question, Eric. Because as a matter of fact, I recommend most businesses not to focus on SEO than the ones that I do recommend them to focus on their optimization for search engines. And it all kind of boils down to the type of business that you are and the type of audience you serve to. So if you, and there's normally a checklist of two items that two questions I always ask any business owner to first answer before they decide what the true or the right acquisition strategy is for them. One is, are people actually actively aware of the problem that you're solving? And if the answer is yes, then move on to the second one. How are they actually finding solutions to our problems right now? And if the answer to that question is Google, then it's almost idiotic for you not to focus on your SEO because that's how your customers are potentially finding you. So let me give you an example. So let's say you sell a t-shirt company. Are people actively Googling about buying t-shirts? Probably not. So your best bet is probably going to be paid ads, Facebook ads, Instagram influencers, get some supermodels to snap some pictures and run some ads yeah. and drive some traffic, right? So if you're especially in the e-commerce and, and, and in a very, I would say, in a type of business that is lifestyle, probably SEOs is going to help you much because that's just not the right vehicle for driving engagement. Right, because people um, want to search for specific, like those specific keywords, right? Exactly, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't look up t-shirts for, for men when I want to buy a t-shirt, right? Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, if you sell, for example, expensive medical device company or your, 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 or medical devices, each one goes for like 100K and, and you cater to like a specific set of doctors or hospitals. It's unlikely they're Googling for that type of company, that type, that type of product, right? So just hire salespeople, go door to door, so selling, right? So paid acquisition, call hours normally are very good channels depending on the type of business you are. But when I started my career in marketing, I started a company called Visme. Have you heard of Visme before? Yeah. Eric? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, you're you're a branding expert. So it, it warms my heart. They've heard of us. So we're a design software, but not for people like you, normally for people like me who can't be trusted with a box of carry-ons, right? So I, I can barely draw or, or design anything. So it's, it's a software that's designed for businesses to be able to quickly right. put together professional looking 
assets, visual assets uh, mm -hmm. on brands within a matter of minutes. So the product price point is about $15 a month when we started. So I was the first marketing hire who came into the company. We're like, okay, well, we have a few options here in terms of acquisition channels. Uh, one, we can focus on paid ads, but they're getting more expensive by the day. They use a bidding yeah. system, as you know. And so uh, cost for acquisition is almost doubles every, every year over year. So and at a, at a certain point, it hits a plateau when it comes to ROI, because when, sometimes when you hit a certain ad budget, when you double it, it doesn't mean you get double the conversions. So there's a diminishing return on investment. So it's not a very, I would say, scalable way to get drive engagement. And at the same time, we were a bootstrap company, small team. So it didn't have the hundreds of millions of dollars in budget. So we're like, okay, we can try cold outreach. But the problem is when, it, when your product is, is affordable, it doesn't make sense to go hire US-based sales reps to go door to door, sell a $15 a month product. It's just bad math. So we were like, okay, well, let's say, Eric, you want to create a, an infographic for this episode that we're doing today. All mm -hmm. right. So, you know, you have a need to create a create an infographic. Let's say you don't want to spend the time to go on Illustrator and, and use Adobe products because right. it's going to take forever. Right. So you want to put something together quick well, and you don't already have a solution. Where is the first place you start looking for a solution? On Google. I'm, I'm going to search like infographic template. Exactly. Like that. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So we knew from day one, okay, this is how our customers are finding us. They know what they want to do and they are mm -hmm. actively searching for it online and, and through Google. And we were like, okay, well, let's start doing the keyword research and finding out what are some of these keywords that people are actively searching for and build, like you mentioned, info. So we have three stages of content. So the awareness stage, we're building, you know, blog posts. What is an infographic? How do I create an infographic? Yeah. And in the consideration stage, we have infographic templates or infographic, I would say, samples. And then the last step, we have bottom of the funnel keywords like infographic software, infographic maker, literally at the point of purchase. So we would create right. landing pages and pages catering to each one of these keywords. We put it all up there and guess what happened? You got a lot of traffic. That's what we hoped. Yeah. But unfortunately, it was not the case. It was absolutely crickets because if you go look up any of these keywords through Google, there is normally about at least about a hundred million search results for each one of these keywords. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. even though we were creating quality content per se, as one would, none of these were enough to get us, well, we were in the top 1%, but when there's a hundred million search results and you're in the top 1%, you're still the millionth search, yeah. search results in the, in, the, in the SERP. So what we had to quickly realize that, all right, how do we get ourselves up in top 10 search results? Because that's where 99% of the clicks are. Right. Makes sense. So, okay. So as we know, pay-per-click will work for some businesses more better than for others. Right. But mm -hmm. if you're bootstrapping, you know, organic is probably the way, the way to go. I've, I started a long time ago and, you know, kind of by accident, I just started blogging. Someone told me about SEO and started doing keyword research. Some of those articles really took off and that brought me confidence, you know, and I've learned more and more about SEO. Mm -hmm. And now my whole business is basically based on SEO. That's how I get my customers. That's how I get my clients. That's right. I create content around, you know, what I do, logo design, branding. Mm -hmm. And this is an example, you know, podcast is one example of, of this as well. So uh, but besides that, I also, you know, post articles on my blog and, and do some YouTube videos and, and stuff like that. So, okay. So since we already know what SEO can give us and, and, uh, now let's talk about keyword research, how to find those opportunity keywords, because uh, as you mentioned, you know, if, if we target like 
very broad keywords, like let's say infographic templates, there's going to be millions, millions, you know, hundreds of thousands of results for, for right. this type of keyword. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have this domain authority yet, if you're starting from scratch, you're not going to show up, uh, you know, on the first page of results. And that's, that's right. you know, that's where the most clicks come from. Those, you know, one, two, three positions or, or, or at least first page, right? So nobody basically goes to the second page or very few people. So what to do? So how to find those keywords that, you know, we have chances to, to rank for early on, you know, when we when we're just starting out. That's right. So that, that is a great question, Eric. And, and speaking of, I was actually looking at your website and you're getting, and this based on Ahrefs, you're getting about a quarter million organic traffic every month. And that's worth about 170K or 180K of AdWords that, we're getting, that you're getting for free every month. So obviously it's not free because there's cost involved when it comes to content production, maintaining the website, but you guys are doing great. So congratulations on that. But Matter of fact is uh, that took some years to get here. It didn't happen yeah. overnight. And, and so yeah. we, what we had to do basically to be able to accelerate that, especially when it comes to seven-figure traffic numbers where we had to go on the business side to bring in a large amount of leads. So we're getting about twenty to 25,000 new signups on our platform every day. So the way we sort of had to get to that point has been obviously first starting with prioritizing keywords that were within our grasp. So... There's a lot of tools out there like Ahrefs or SEMrush. Which one of them are you using? Uber Suggest recently yeah. as well, but yeah, Ahrefs and just analyzing competitors as well. That's right. Uh, basically and analyzing, you know, what works and what, what, what works best. And that's how I find the opportunities, basically. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. So normally what we do and, and what we did basically back in the day when we, where we were just starting out was to start off with a parent keyword. So for your case, it would be potentially about branding or about something in our logos or fonts. Logo design. And, example, exactly, yeah. logo design. And so what, what you want to do is that you normally run these through either one of these tools. doesn't matter which one of these tools they use. Uber suggests is more affordable. Folks who are starting out, probably my recommendation. But if you get a little more advanced, normally Ahrefs or SEMrush is a better bet. But a lot of these SEO tools, what they give you is a gazillion number of keywords that you could go after. And some are higher volume, some are higher commercial intent, some are higher, I would say, in competition. So we have to figure out the system on how we be able to actually prioritize yeah, these because you know, there's an infinite number. So here's a little mm -hmm. trick we use. And we developed a little form, which we call the opportunity score. So basically, you obviously want to prioritize keywords that get the highest amount of volume possible lowest amount of competition possible, but all of them are relevant if there's no commercial intent. So we want the highest commercial intent possible. So this is like three circles overlapping each other. And that in that mm -hmm. middle ground is where the opportunity keywords lie. So in order to prioritize them is that when you run a parent keyword through one of these tools, they give you thousands of suggestions. Here's what people are searching for. And here are how competitive these keywords are. Here's how much volume they get. And here's and for commercial intent, we use a metric called CPC or the cost per click for that keyword, even though it has nothing to do with organic. But if advertisers are willing to pay for a keyword, that means that obviously yeah. the higher intent keyword. So we want to prioritize those. So what we do basically is to put them together in a little formula and sort it on a spreadsheet. And we automatically take out the keywords to have a higher domain or excuse me, higher keyword difficulty than our domain authority. So it's a good rule of thumb to basically as a fancy way of saying, don't go after keywords that are out of your league, right? So start off small, some of the longer tail, normally lower volume keywords that 
are within your grasp that aren't dominated by the big guys. And over time, as your domain rating grows, then you'll yeah. be able to kind of go after some of the bigger guys or bigger keywords. So that's normally a blueprint. And then we run each one of these keywords through Google and then a little incognito tab and then figure out, okay, what is the user intent for these keywords? If people are yeah. looking for infographic mm -hmm. templates, they're probably looking for a bunch of infographic templates. They don't want to read about the history of graphics, right? Yeah. But if someone is talking about, for example, how to make an infographic or how do I design the logo, right? They're looking, look, you know, step-by-step -step instructions, maybe a list of tools they can use, et cetera. So Google already tells you by showing you search results as a user, hey, here's the type of search results that we prioritize. So once you understand what the intent is, go create a corresponding post, or it could be a blog post, it could be a landing page, it could be a tools page. And then once you have that put together on your website, that's where the work begins. <laughs> so that's normally a, a base ground for any sort of website is that once you put publish that piece of content, that's normally step one. And because now it's going to get buried in the search results over hundreds of thousands or millions of search results that contain that keyword, and it's your job to actually actively promote them to get them up in the in the search. Right. And okay, so this was about keyword research. So just to give you, just take a step back and just to give us some examples, you know, maybe for creatives who are listening to this podcast, so for example, I can some review some of my secrets. So for example, yeah. you were talking about broad key, like we shouldn't really go for the keywords that are, have high difficulty, right? So for example, for me, that would be probably something like branding, just the word branding or just the right. work or just even logo design. You know, that's, that's very competitive keyword. So what I did is I went for a long tail keyword, like logo design process or even logo design process from start to finish. That's right. And now I have chances. So, you know, I, I rank pretty well for this, you know, number one, usually logo design process. And that brought me really right. a lot of clients. So, because, and as you already mentioned, what is the intent you know, of, of the person who is searching for that keyword? That's really important because I've made a lot of mistakes at the beginning. I didn't really consider that, you know, I was just, okay, this is a keyword in my space. I should probably rank for, just to give you an example, I, I rank well for keyword. I mean, probably not now, but in the, how to trademark a, lo a logo, how to trademark a logo, right? But I don't do trademarking. I do logo design. So trademark is, so, is as an afterthought, right? That's right. So you have a logo. Right? Yeah. So it was totally stupid because they already have a logo, right? They want to trademark a logo. So, so yeah, that, that was just, that's just an example. But if someone is searching for, for example, like logo design process, they may be, they're looking to find out how designers work or maybe they want, they consider doing this themselves. So, you know, if I write an article for that, if I have a call to action, they can schedule a call with me. And that's how I get clients. Okay. So, okay. So I just wanted to give this example to our listeners. So and here's the thing, Eric, I don't yeah. think that was stupid at all what you did. You know, it's, it's part of the process, part of the game to kind of trial and error and through trial and error to figure out what exactly yeah. works for you. So listeners who are listening to this show can learn from mistakes you and I made together. Now yeah. they can save a lot of time and months of work by kind of implementing a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I've made some money on this, to be honest, because I, I'm an affiliate, you know, so I work with affiliates. So there's this website, LegalZoom. So, you know, I just, I just send traffic. I just basically have some affiliate links there and I just, send, you know, send some traffic there. So, you know, I make money on this blog post, but it's not like it brings me clients. So, so yeah, so once we've done some keyword research and now we create content and now what's, what's next? Because, you know, content is not going to rank by it, by it, uh, you know, on its, uh, on its own. 
like the, as, as I mentioned in the introduction, the primary factor is those backlinks. So right. how to find those backlinks, how to do the outreach. Do you have any, any tips? Sure. So here's the thing, Eric. So having content pieces that cater to user intent and are actually valuable is not a, a plot. It's a requirement. It's part of the process. So you can't really circumvent that by link building. It's a puzzle. You need to have all the pieces together for it to work. So the way I look at building a website is kind of like building a house so that the content, the stuff that you have is the foundation. So you don't want to build on top of a big found, a weak foundation. So you want to make sure you have done your proper keyword research. You have created content pieces that are truly valuable, cater to the user yeah. intent, answer the questions. Doesn't mean they have to be super long or super short. It means they actually cover everything that there is to know about that keyword and significantly better than what's already on the search results already. Right. So that's, that's, that's step one. Now, the facade of the house or what you build on top of that foundation is what's going to actually get some eyeballs on your website, right? So this is the part that I, we put an important amount of focus on. We spend about, I would say, 80% of our marketing resources on content promotion and like The other 20% goes into content creation, mm -hmm. which is the exact opposite ratio of what, how most companies do yeah. content marketing, Definitely. right? And a lot of people who are listening to the show, they're like, hey, I'm a small team. I don't have a whole lot of resources from promotion. I'm like, stop producing so much content then, right? <laughs> what matters is the allocation of resources, not so much about how, many, how much content you produce. It's about, hey, produce one piece of content a month. That's top notch. Spend the rest of the month in promotion, actually getting up in the search results, all right? Mm -hmm. What do we mean by content promotion? So first of all, not every content is a, a, I would say, a, cand a candidate for link building. So link building, just so you guys know, for folks who are not really quite familiar with the concept, the way Google prioritizes websites in the search results is by a, a system of, I would say, mean girls popularity contest. So kind of how other relevant authoritative sources are talking about your website in eyes of Google to vote to popularity. So then not only they rely on the content of your page, also see, okay, how other people are talking about you and how basically how popular you are per se in, in, in eyes of Google. And, and, and that puts a lot more weight, increases your chance of getting actually up in the search. So step one is to understand, okay, what is the type of content normally people link to, right? How, what yeah. is the type of resources we need to create that people actually actively want to link back to? So creating a type of content that's linkable that's normally a, a, a prerequisite for any sort of average tactic. So these include like original research and analyzing some survey data, maybe creating some free tools, right? That are easy to put mm -hmm. together. And maybe for you, it would be a logo generator or some sort of logo or business name generator, et cetera. Or series of free templates people can use and it can copy yeah. paste into their illustrator, et cetera. So having some sort of linkable asset that is actually worth it. Now, it's very difficult when it comes to building content pieces that are just informational to have enough, basically, background or, back, uh, I would say, backbone for it to gain some of these links. So once you have that content piece in hand, then it becomes significantly easier to try to find resources or publications to link back to you. So there's a ton of different average tactics. I'm going to get into some of the more advanced stuff. One of the simplest ones, if that's a cover, some low-hanging fruit, is what I'm doing right now, yeah. <laughs> hey, Eric. So exactly. listen, you got a very popular podcast and more popular. Well, likely you're going to actually repurpose this episode into a page that goes on your website. You're going to yeah. 
guess what you're going to link to? Respondo's website because, you know, exactly. that's part of the interview. That's actually something that adds value. So me coming on to the show, not to say, by the way, Eric, that I'm, that's the only reason why I'm here. You know, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of benefits to being a guest on a podcast. Most important one of them is building relationships with, you know, yeah. publications, which is you, meeting smart people like yourself, collaborate down the line. Also, at the same time, you know, me coming on the show makes free content for you, right? So now right. you have a podcast episode ready exactly. to go. So, so it's a mutually beneficial thing. And also at the same time, we're increasing our brand awareness. Folks who are listening to this show have heard of Respondo now, right? You've heard of us. Now you, next time you see it on the SERP somewhere, you see the name Respondo. You're like, okay, these guys know what they're talking about. Maybe let's, let's learn more about what they have to say. Yeah. And also at the same time, you get these backlinks and mentions that is a vote to popularity in nice Google. So one of the things also our software helps with is that's how we found you is actually is by looking up, hey, what are some of the people that we respect in our industry, right? Jason is one of them who had been a guest on your show. And so he had actually come onto your show as a guest. So that automatically tells you three things. These podcasts accept guests in the first place because not all podcasts do. Two, yeah. they're relevant to our space because you have interviewed someone in the SEO space. So that means that, hey, what I have to say is actually valuable for your audience because you obviously mm -hmm. have invited someone else to come on and talk about a similar topic. And last but not least, it makes our marketing team is easier to pitch me because then you can use that episode as a hook to personalize a pitch just to imply to the host, because I'm sure you're getting these pitches left and right, Aaron, just to imply to the host that, hey, we're not just blasting all the podcasts we know. We've actually sat down, you know, listened to your show, yeah. have done our research, and we actually have something of value to provide that would make sense for you to spend your time to, you know, have fires on other shows. So having all those basically research done for you so that and sort of our platform sort of help you find you some of these golden podcasts and then finds you the contact information of the host and then lets you reach out and personalize the pitch. Again, you don't have yeah. to have a fancy tool like Respana to do it. You can do a lot of that stuff yourself manually. This requires a little more time and manual work. Yeah. But, but that's one out of, of dozens of different strategies of how you can gain backlinks to your website from authoritative, relevant publications in your space without spamming the world. Yeah, that's awesome. That pretty pretty much sums up the topic. And that's a great example as well. So, and I also believe, you know, it, it's, as you said, it's, it's a win-win situation, right? So, but it's a lot of work, actually. I know from, from my own experience, I can speak to that, you know, manually researching, you know, either, either blogs or podcasts and then finding, you know, uh, the, the host's email and then emailing them and then reminding yourself you need to follow up and stuff like that so that's where respond accounts right so so you basically can automate this and other you know processes so you, you can get those links faster you know you can build those relationships faster that's right. and, that be, and, and that's the primary factor for ranking you know in google that's the primary factor from bringing this brand bring awareness to your brand from google right from organic traffic so, so as we are approaching our, at the end of our interview, I just wanted to ask you how, how to find, you know, how to connect with you. Of course, I'm going to link to your website, Respona, but another way you want people to reach out to you, maybe on social media. Sure. Absolutely. So the best way to find me personally, my name is Farzad Rashidi, and there's not a whole lot of us out on the web. So yeah, you can find yeah. me on LinkedIn. Normally that's, that's, I stick out like a sore thumb. So I should be able to, <laughs> you should be able to easily find me there. But if you'd like to learn more about sort of our product, Respana, sort of helping you save some time when it comes to outreach, uh, you can navigate to Respana.com. That's R-E-S-P-O-N-A.com, Respana. And uh, we have a lot of free educational material there. A lot of those uh, strategies that I talked about today, we have a free on-gated 
resource. You can navigate to our website. It's called the Outreach Strategy Hub. It's at the bottom mm -hmm. photo of our website if you want to navigate there. You can replicate a lot of them yourself manually. Again, if you're a solopreneur just starting to get, don't go pay for all these tools. Maybe start out doing some outreach yourself manually and kind of get a proof of concept. And the yeah. response is sort of there to help you scale once you hit a point that you're like, okay, this is great, but I don't have all the time in the world. So let me, let me actually try to put this on a pilot. Awesome. Um, and yeah. And that's pretty much it. Awesome. And, and you also, I have to say you have great branding, great logo, great website. So I can definitely see that, you know, you put a lot of effort in building that brand. So uh, thanks for, th thank you again for coming on the show and for your time and for sharing with us some, some SEO tips today. You got it. Thank you very much for having me, Eric.